In today's world, people face challenges and struggle with themselves. Every Sunday on the I Am Podcast, we will explore unique individual stories who have defined their I Am, and together we will identify the tools that help them define their I Am. We will use these tools in our lives to help us overcome challenges and define our I Am so we can be a better version of ourselves. We know that too many young men in our community continue to make bad choices. And I have to say, growing up, I made quite a few myself. Sometimes I wrote off my own failings as just another example of the world trying to keep a black man down. I had a tendency sometimes to make excuses for me not doing the right thing. But one of the things that all of you have learned over the last four years is there's no longer any room for excuses. I understand there's there's a common fraternity creed here at, at Morehouse. Excuses are tools of the incompetent used to build bridges to nowhere and monuments of nothingness. Well, we've got no time for excuses. Not because the bitter legacy of slavery and segregation have vanished entirely, they have not. Not because racism and discrimination no longer exist. We know those are still out there. It's just that in today's hyper-connected, hyper-competitive world with millions of young people from China and India and Brazil, many of whom started with a whole lot less than all of you did, all of them entering the global workforce alongside you, nobody is going to give you anything that you have not earned. Nobody cares how tough your upbringing was. Nobody cares if you suffered some discrimination. And moreover, you have to remember that whatever you've gone through, it pales in comparison to the hardships previous generations endured, and they overcame them. And if they overcame them, you can overcome them too. Hello, everyone. I'm here with Jessica Thomas, a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta, the NAACP, and Jessica has just made history this year. I'll let her tell you about that. But first, before we get into her story of how she made history, Jessica, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, Well, my name is Jessica Thomas. I live here in Peoria, Illinois, um, in Peoria County. Um, I'm 33 years old. I'll be 34 next week, (laughs) but 33 years old. Um, And I think the age 33 is really significant for me. Um, Before I turned uh, 33, I challenged myself to live my Jesus year because 33 is the year Jesus died, um, to live my Jesus year and be a revolutionary as Jesus was, to be like him, political and socio-economical climate of our county. So to stand on the front line and to fight for rights of others, fight for uh, equality, equity, and justice for all people. That I am now... um, 
I have just got sworn in on Monday. Uh, I won the uh, general election in November, um, November 6th, to become the first African-American elected countywide official. So Peoria County was established, uh, well, it was incorporated in 1825. We were around before then, but it took 193 years for us to elect the first African-American person to represent the county on a countywide level. So that was pretty significant in itself. So first first black woman, first black man, like we never had, we never had black representation at the countywide level in Peoria County. Wow. Since 1825, right? 1825 is when we were incorporated, but as you know, like counties and any kind of business can operate before they're incorporated. We were definitely around prior to 1825, but 1825 is when we formally got incorporated as a county. Well, I believe in Jesus, and uh, you're doing it in his name, regardless of how long it took. Maybe it just took a long time because Jesus needed the right person to make history, and that's why we're here on the podcast today. (laughs) So, of course, you're the first elected black official but not only that you're a female so that's another part of making history i know i know that journey had to be hard uh, as you know here for in the i am podcast we talked about it i want to expose people to all kinds of people so tell the listeners a little bit about your journey and what it took to be the first black female county elected official in peoria county well, you know, when I first started this journey, I didn't realize that I was going to be the first. I didn't do it to be the first, and I didn't really realize that in 2018, we're still doing first like this. So, like, when I first ran for office or decided to run for office, I was running because, for one, let me go back, I am very very active in my social organizations, Delta Sigma Theta and the NAACP. And within Delta Sigma Theta, I am the social action chair. So I uh, organize all the political um, involvement and awareness for our area within my committee for that. So I, you know, I was always the person who rallied the community and be like, hey, you know, you should run, I'm tapping people, hey, you should run for office and you should run for this. So I got a gentleman to run for mayor and he came very close to winning in 2017, but he wasn't successful but he was he would have been the first black mayor of Peoria. But I tapped him and told him he should run, helped him formulate his team. I tapped one of my sorority sisters and told her she should run for the local college board, which is an elected position, and she actually was successful in that run. So I uh, I always encouraged and pushed and championed and challenged people to run for office, but then I never did it myself. So I was at the election commission actually becoming a deputy registrar, and I was like, you know, what does it take to run for office, and what positions are up? And so when they told me that uh, what it took to run for office by getting your petitions to get on the ballot, and what positions that were available, the auditor position was available, and I decided to take that position because my undergraduate degree is in accounting, um, and I worked in corporate accounting, and I worked, I did internal auditing, so I was familiar with the job, and I knew I had the qualifications to run for that position yeah. and do that job, so that's why I decided to run for that position. Also, I felt like Barack Obama said a president's when he ran for president, and the Barack Obama effect is truly real, and I feel like in order to keep our community engaged in the political process and aware of what's going on in in, in politics is to constantly have a form of representation running at all times. So, this would this would be good for our community, the black community.
community uh, is to have someone running that they can relate to. I grew up on the south side of Peoria, which is an impoverished area. I went to schools that people didn't really think, you know, greatness can come from. So that was that was a major thing too, you know. So people were like, oh, you grew up on the south side of Peoria, off of like one of the worst streets, you know, in Peoria. Oh, you went to this school. Oh, you went to that school. So you know, that was representation that people could relate and people could champion behind, and and people would get engaged and be be able to be reached to be educated. So that was the primary focus and and reason for me running. One, I was qualified to do so. Two, you know. It was a sacrifice running for office. Not only is it a a financial sacrifice, it's an emotional sacrifice, it's a physical sacrifice, but it was a sacrifice that I was willing to take so my people can continually be educated and engaged. And if I could be that catalyst, if I could be that vehicle to get them engaged and aware of what's going on, then I was willing to do that sacrifice. So that was way before I realized that I was the first. <laughs> like, I didn't I didn't realize that. Because when I was running, I wasn't the first to ever run for a countywide position. But when I won the primary, one of the older uh, black ladies who was involved in politics informed me that I would be, if I win the general election, I would be the first African-American to be elected to a countywide position in Peoria County history. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. I can't believe it. <laughs> you know, wow, I, and it's still kind of hard. It's still kind of hard to believe because it shouldn't have took that long, but it did. And um, a little bit about the race and what was really challenging and what, like, and during the primary, I had to run two campaigns. I had to run a campaign for my candidacy, and then I had to run, because I had a Democratic opponent in the primary, and then I had to run a campaign to keep the office. Mm-hmm because they were trying to eliminate the office. So when I decided that I would run, I sat down with the powers that be, the the, the Democratic County Chair and the NAACP was at the table. And the position was vacant from the, it's, it's, it's a lot that goes into it, but the short story of it is that when I decided to run, it was somebody that was running against me on a Democratic ticket, but he told me if I wanted to run, he would concede and not run. But as soon as he conceded, his daughter stepped up and ran against me. <laughs> So, that was a trick, huh? So yeah, it was a trick, but I think because I was somebody that they didn't know, I, to them I came out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and that I was somebody who they couldn't control. Mm. I didn't have that debt to them. So, given all of that, why do it? Why run for a position like this, given your background, where you came from? And that you were against all odds. For one, you know, my God is great. And I know that, you know, I prayed about it. And I I really felt like he spoke to me and it was in his will. And so who am I to give up? when it's, it's something that God wants me to do. And then, yes, it is a sacrifice. But again, if you go back to Jesus' year, being, you know, my 33rd year, God made, Jesus made a lot of sacrifices for us. So uh, who am I to quit? And then, you know, my sorority, like, you know, we have we have things in our sorority. And one of our things that we, we stand by is that we will not shrink from undertaking what seems wise and good because any handicaps or difficulties confront us. So we're, we're bred to be, I ain't scared. <laughs> shrink down. I'm never going to stop and I'm always up for the challenge. And so where some may scared and some may cower, that's just not in my DNA. Like that's just not who I am. 
them, and that's something I would never do is cower or be scared. But, you know, it was times that I just, you know, be like, man, I should just quit, even though I'm not a quitter. <laughs> but it was, it was times where it's like, you know, it's very expensive to run for office very expensive to run for office so primarily in the beginning a lot of that came from my own finances because a lot of people being a new candidate and being new to the political scene a lot of people don't know who you are so they don't know to trust you with their money so I wasn't really getting a lot of donations thrown at me and um it's expensive to run for office like for example for like 500 yard signs it's eighteen hundred dollars so, 500 is not many when we're looking no. at running for a position, right? Yeah, for a countywide position, no. Like, our county has 186,000 people, but it's a big geographical landmass. We have a lot of farms. We have a lot of cities. So, no, that's not a lot. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so it's, it, you know, it's, it's very expensive uh, to run for office. And a lot of that had to come from my personal finances. So, and, and, and the political system is kind of built against people, you know, the regular Joe running because the regular Joe usually don't have thousands of dollars that they could just throw for signs to put around the city. So you're so, rich then, huh? <laughs> no, nah, I'm, not, I'm just, I'm I'm just... Not, that came from, that came from savings and retirement. It's all good. Give us an example. Give us an example of a time that you wanted to quit and maybe something you told yourself to help you persevere through that time. Well, you know, fear is something real, you know. um, And when when I was running, I had it like, again, they had a referendum on the ballot and they were telling me that this referendum is going to pass and it's going to eliminate this office. So you might as well quit now and try to run for another position. Just because, you know, you're going to put all this energy into running for this office and this office is going to get eliminated. So that was trying on itself because I had to fight two campaigns. I had to fight to inform the people and I had to fight for my candidacy. And at times it was like a bit too much. <laughs> like It was just like, I'm so tired. Like, you know, I still had to work a full time job. I still had to help take care of my family. My mom's disabled. So it's, it, it was just a lot. So it was just like, man, like, is this really, really worth it? And like, I had friends that were talking to me was like Jessica just keep keep the course and keep doing it you know keep the, keep the course and fear is just false evidence appearing to be real these people they just you know it must be a reason why they want to eliminate this office and it must be a reason why they want you to step down and not run so with that I always I'm never a quitter even though I thought about quitting so many times, um, I'm not. I'm not a quitter, and I and I really don't like doing things that people expect for me to do, like or or it's the easy way out. So a lot of t- a lot of times that kept me going is is that attitude, like I'm not going to give you what you want. Like I'm gonna do what needs to be done, but I'm not gonna give you what you want. Like and what you want is for me to cower, and what you want for me to do is is to step down. But I have to remain fearless. And then, like I said, what what I said to myself is, again, I repeated those models that we repeat in our organization, is that I would never shrink or cower from what seems wise or good. Like, I'm, I'm going to fight no matter what. Like, I'm going to fight. So, you know, and I knew that the, the whole what started this was for me to be a sacrifice for my people so they could get engaged, so they could be excited about the political process, and so they could understand the political process. With that, it's, 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 it's a sacrifice. It was a labor of love, and it was a sacrifice for my people. Man, a big sacrifice, because when you have family, you have people telling you you're spending money on something that's not going to exist. You have to work. You have to create a team because, again, you 
were not the type of person who had a team, who had the money, who people knew, so they would give you the money. I couldn't afford I couldn't afford a team. And so that's the thing. I couldn't pay people. A lot of campaign staffs are paid. I couldn't pay people. So I, I, thankfully, you know, again, when you do stuff according to God's will, he will bring people in your life that will help you get to the goal and, at the end. And that's what happened. Because um, a lot of times I'm like, man, I don't have a marketing person. I don't have a fundraising chair. I don't have none of this. And, you know, I was relying on a lot of my, my personal network. And God is so good that he put people in, in my life that extended their network to me, of people that I never met before, that really believed in me, that not only opened up their houses to do meet and greet, opened up their wallets to give me money, let me borrow their car and didn't know who I was for parades, <laughs> like they had a convertible, um, like, you know, use their own resources to buy campaign stickers and campaign materials and food for meet and greet. Like, God is really good because most of those people, I, I, primarily most of my team, I didn't know before I started running. So it wasn't my closest circle that actually got me to the point where I am today. It was people that I, I truly believe are angels from God that got to where I um, <laughs> I am today. So um, that's what I would tell people too is like when you're when you're doing something that a lot of your network has never done or never seen um, never seen success in, don't be discouraged if they're not the first ones to be champion for you or the first ones to be lending their time, energy, or effort or resources to you. Because if it's truly in God's will, that stuff he already has figured out. You just got to stay the course. And, and that's what I did. Man. I'm so glad you stuck with it. And building your network uh, for everyone who's listening is really important. There's a quote that we are the average of the five people we hang around. So take a look at your five. Take a look at yourself, what you want, and dare to dream. Dare to stretch yourself. Dare to build networks because, as Jessica said, these people in her extended network help her get to where she is. Believe in yourself. Don't quit. Strive on in times of hardship, no matter how hard the obstacle may be. And, and trust God, because He will. God will surely bring people in your life that will help you accomplish the task, as long as it aligns with His will. Um, it shall be done. So don't be discouraged. Is if even your closest five people, you know, even if they're not really champion or, or riding hard for you, like. Like I said, most of my campaign team, I didn't know before this year. I didn't know before I started. <laughs> so they came to me, and there are God's angels that really would do whatever for me, like whatever, and, and I didn't have to pay them because I didn't have the resources to. I'm blessed for that. Was it hard to accept those people in your life, given that they were totally different or opposite from you? Um, no, because I needed help. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I was like, I need help. So that was that 
that was really awesome for me. And then I had one of my volunteers reach out to our senator, our local senator here, and, and tell him that I needed help. And so he met he met up with me, and he wrote me out my first one of my first checks, big checks, and. Um, you know, he was like, let me know if you need anything else. And then I actually, not knowing that it was his treasurer, somebody told me that this lady was a good treasurer and she helped me with my finances. And so I met her and it turned out that he, she was his treasurer. She works a lot of political campaigns, but she, she helped me out for free, filing all my reports and stuff like that. It's, uh... It was something that I didn't have any choice but to trust people. And I did I did run across some people who were on my team initially who didn't stay on my team for long because I found out that they couldn't be trusted in one form or fashion or another. So, you know, you will have that. And don't be afraid to just cut them out. And I had to, you know, I had to cut them out. And, you know, they didn't know they got cut out, but they just slowly stopped getting invited to stuff. <laughs> because you can't, you can't be trusted. Like, I can't. You know, I can't operate the what I need to do with people who who weren't really there for my best interest. And again, trusting in God for, to give me that that foresight to see who was really for me, who wasn't. Yeah. And so I know you have to go, but before we wrap up here on the I Am podcast, I like to ask the guests to give our listeners maybe an a I am affirmation, a I am statement, or something that they could take with them when they're facing some kind of struggle or hardship. Would you be willing to give any words of wisdom, a statement, or an affirmation to the listeners? Sure. Um, I do this with my little sister all the time. <laughs> but, um, you know, one thing I, I, I like is to know that I am enough. I am great. Um, you know, I, I I am fearless. I am a child of God. I am great. I can accomplish all things through Him, and I am enough. So, those are those are things that you know that that keep me steady and keep me you know grounded. Is that knowing that I can and I am enough. Like with God, I I, am, I have everything that I possibly need to get through this situation, even if I don't see a way out. Wow. Uh, thank you for all of those, because I think all of them are great. And I think you even gave some earlier by saying, I am never scared. I am never going to stop. So I really appreciate you. Thank you for letting me be a part of history with you. Thank you for making history. Thank you for not giving up. And uh, thank you for being a, for not dimming your light so others can shine. Because through your shine, I think that people listening to our podcast may also be able to brighten their lights and maybe make some history. So let's say someone wanted to get in touch with you, just research you. How would they get in touch with you? Google is phenomenal, but uh, if they want to email me, my uh, email um, is Jessica for auditor at gmail.com. So Jessica, F-O-R-A-U-D-I-T-O-R at gmail.com or Facebook, Instagram, um, Jessica Thomas. You can just search me on those platforms and I'm there. You know you made it when you start talking about uh, just Google me. <laughs> <laughs> taking the time out. I know someone is going to be inspired to hear your story. And again, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for thinking about me. Alright. Right. Remember, I am resilient. I am determined. 
I am consistent. I am made with the purpose of doing great things. I am a student of life. I am destined for greatness. I am enough. I am valuable. I am the master of my fate, the captain of my soul. Merry Christmas, everyone. Have a great week.